Today is Victoria Day. Dum, 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 dum. In celebration of Queen Victoria of the British Commonwealth here in Canada. It's a statutory holiday. I'm getting paid today. So, you know, I should bring a smile to my face. I forgot. I'm making money today from my um, essential worker job that I'm not at. Statutory holiday, paid day off. Word. Victoria Day, May long weekend in Canada, always signifies the beginning of the summer and, you know, the festive summer season. I'm looking out my window. Beautiful, sunny, green afternoon. Feeling groovy. And I reminisce, you know, today uh, I am four plus years sober from drinking. I had a drinking problem at one point. You know, what I did was I joined a 12-step recovery program. That's nothing official. No dues, no fees, no emphasis, no emphasis on religion. You attend these meetings and you can find a recovery, 12-step recovery, 12-step recovery. See, I'm talking like I'm drunk. I'm slurring my words. You could find a 12-step recovery meeting pretty much all over the world. And you attend these meetings and it's much like group therapy. Day by day, your days add up. One day you find yourself in a new life. Now, due to this hocus pocus of COVID-19, I don't even know, like meetings are like, I haven't been to a meeting in a coon's age, but, um, you know, meetings are kind of, you know, being done on Zoom, but you can still very much connect on Zoom online. You can read information. You can watch information online about um, 12-step recovery. And it's very thorough um, help and advice for the suffering alcoholic. You know, um, the first step in a 12-step recovery program, number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Yeah. And in that admission, it frees you up to the accountability of your condition. Today, my views are very um, placid. You know, like you can get to a place of normalcy. So much a joy to be had. It's not like you're losing something. You're regaining your life. I'm not particularly an alcoholic. That's what I became. I was turned out from God. I was turned out from my fellow man. I was dealing with all sorts of personal trauma. I was just trying to block it out, numb it out. I drank heavily. I smoked marijuana. I chain smoked cigarettes. I pretty much just tried to numb out from the, the pain that I was experiencing, which is very normal. I was going through what the world basically is, a cynical, unfeeling place.
with much beauty, with the benevolence of a loving God, a creator, which I believe, to each their own, but that's what I believe. And, you know, to a certain extent, self-interest serves the general public. You know, to quote the, the uh, economist Walter E. Williams, I don't know, why do people, why do farmers, you know, raise cattle? You know, why are, why are Midwestern um, farmers up at the crack of dawn in America feeding bovine, milking chickens? Why are they up there doing all that bullshit? Because they love people? Because they care about people? No, it's because they can make money off of the agriculture they cultivate. So as to a certain extent, private interest serves the general public. There ain't nothing wrong with doing for yourself, striving for yourself. You know, be respectful of your fellow man. It's all good. So, you know, though we do live in this very self-serving, cynical world, it's not a terrible thing. And, you know, what happened to me was very normal. You know, I was, I came up in that world, fucked up family, shitty friends, no real anything around me, trying to do for myself as a performer. And, you know, just a, uh, just a, just a, I don't know, like a, just a, I, uh, unpleasant young man I was for a lot of, for a lot of years when I was out there drinking just you know uh, just as cynical and self-serving as anyone I ever met nobody particularly did anything to me that was abnormal abnormal you know I came up in a cynical family motivated by self-interest I hung out with cynical people I was a cynical person even though I didn't quite see it at times when I really think about it I mean you know, there is really, you know, that's it. It's just all so normal. You know, a lot of times the alcoholic, and this is very much reminding to me, I'm very much reminded of this now because, you know, when you're a real alcoholic, any old day of the week, rain or snow, you'll drink. But very much in this May long weekend, the beginning of summer, you're kind of hit with these feelings of, oh yeah, I used to really, this was like a Great drinking season, patio weather, lakefront weather, getting drunk and diddle da And you start to get those feelings and you, those thoughts and, you know, and it's, and it's very easy for the alcoholic to, well, I drank because of this and I blame that and blame that. And it's like the great thing about the accountability of recovery is you start to see how it was nothing abnormal. It was normal. It was the way of the world. All the trouble that befell me and the pain and the reasons behind my drinking were so normal. I came from this messed up family. I had messed up friends. I became a messed up person. Anytime anybody showed any sense of grace and normalcy around me i felt weird because i was a debauched damaged person 
any sense of like normalcy was threatening to me. And I wanted to distance myself. I'd rather just be drunken and turned out from people. And it's normal. It's pretty normal that people come from fucked up, messed up families. It's pretty normal that people are cynical and self-interested. And what is abnormal is that people get accountability. It's not abnormal that people are fucked up. What is abnormal is that people take accountability for it. Stop whining and wimping about it. Like, I don't even care to explain my childhood. And it was pretty messed up. By no means as messed up as some of the stories I've heard in recovery. But it was a fucked up childhood. And you know what? It was really nothing normal. It was really nothing abnormal when I think about it. Pretty par for the course. Yeah, people are fucked up. And, <laughs> you know, I guess that's been on my mind lately because, um, you know, I rarely think about drinking. That's the grace and benevolence of recovery. You know, my, I got my higher power that's guiding me. I'm accountable for myself. I, I care about my health. I care about how I treat my fellow man. I don't see a value in myself being drunk and turned away from all of that. But I also see the, um, the allure. And it's all very much an illusion, a facade. But I definitely noticed that this time of year. You know, I start getting them thoughts like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to... The morning's dead! The day is too. There's nothing here but the velvet moon. All my loneliness that I had today was enough to make a man give himself away. I continue to burn that lamp. Oh, life's such a drag. I get yearning to burn that midnight lamp. You know what I mean? What's the meaning? What's the meaning of? What's the meaning of this? <laughs> what in the fuck is the meaning of any of this? It's just fucking. You just get up. You just. You just get up and go to work every day and you find some stupid slut to fuck and you know, make a dollar, lose a dollar, spend a dollar, save a dollar and get your dick sucked and buy a house and just go to coffee shops and talk on the phone. 
You know, you get that yearning to like just ponder and twist out and float off into oblivion, outer space. But yo, no, there's the honesty of reality, which is like, man, life is time and patience, cultivation, love for our fellow man, love for our creator, love for ourselves. That's a gift. And that's real. That's tangible. And that's for everyone. That's the power of recovery. That's the power of sobriety. And yo, different strokes for different floats. Whatever floats your fucking boat. <clears throat> you know, I'm not preaching sobriety to those who don't need it. But if you think you need it, give it a shot. It can change your life. And, um, you know, to anyone suffering in any sense of resentment and anger due to the frustrations and unfairness and unfeeling fate of life. Well, fate is more like a finality, but to the unfeeling circumstances of life, the cynical nature of existence, to anyone suffering through that, it's normal. It's normal, and you don't have to run from it. You can grow from it. You don't have to drown it out with drugs and alcohol. You can learn from it and grow from it. And it's not even a badge of honor. Like, I mean, I had my moments of, um, you know, I, I remember vividly in my alcoholism towards the end of my drinking and in the first year or two of my recovery, I really wore it like a badge of honor. Like when I was out there drinking and smoking, I was like, you know, I, I just wish people understood where I was coming from and they understood the pain and the turmoil and the things that I've went through and what got me to this place. Man, I wish people understood. Then I got sober and... I had to scream it from the hills and tell everybody about it. Hey world, this is what I've learned. This is where I've come from. This is what I've done and diddly dum diddly do. And here I am today. Like I barely even think about being sober. It's just my way of life. And all the pain and trauma that led me to this drinking, all this uncertainty and searching that led me to those dark places. It's normal and it's of like no interest. Like I will, I like, you're never going to hear me puff my chest up and give an account of my life in drinking and the upbringing I suffered in my childhood. You're never going to hear me talk about this unless it's like probed out of me. Unless somebody like specifically asked me to sit down and explain. Even then, I don't know if I want to. I just don't care anymore. I've let it go. And I still have some work there, to be honest, because, you know, I still harbor some resentment to, you know, some of the figures in my upbringing. Like, literally, how could you be so stupid? How could you be so stupid to treat a child that way? And I look at them, and I scratch my head, and, you know, as a man in his early 30s, you know, I'm 34 years old. 
I look back at some of the people who are around my age and how they treated me growing up. And it's just like, how do you treat a child that way? What the fuck was wrong with you? I couldn't even imagine talking to a child the way, you know, some of my, the people who raised me treated me. It's ridiculous. But, and again, it's nothing. It's nothing. So, you know, not 100% out of the woods yet. I have to learn how to let go of that. Because it's like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's weird that I can't let go of it because it's like, it's not puzzling to me. It's like, well, duh, they were fucked up themselves. They only did what they could. And they treated you very much the way they were treated. Duh. But for some reason, I still harbor the resentment of like, well, yeah, I know all that and all that is true. But yet, how could they be so stupid? Like they just never caught themselves to see that? Like you really lived your life that long and it never at one point clicked. Oh, I'm a piece of shit because everybody around me is a piece of shit and that's the way I've been treated. Maybe I should stop being a piece of shit. Like it never clicked with these people. They just kept on being a piece of shit. And I want to judge them and condemn them for their retardation. And their unthinking, cynical, unfeeling moronity of their existence if that's the word i want moronity it's a good word i think i made it up but um you know these moronities of life you just still want to judge them for it but it's like you know that's just the story of the world and it's nothing abnormal it's completely normal this is nothing personal strictly business so God bless you all this holiday weekend and onward and upwards. There ain't nothing abnormal about a fucked up past. It's how you deal with it and you move forward. And um, the grace is like, you can get to a point where you don't even care. Like I don't even care to, I don't want, I don't want any like further discussion on the things I'm talking about. Like I talked enough. I mentioned I had some problems and some vague notions of the injustice of childhood. Just, you know, no real abuse, a lot of depravity, a lot of emotional abuse, no real physical or sexual abuse, just a lot of depravity, a lot of um, basically no love. And the pain of that, and there's nothing else I really wanna say. And there's no solution other than to forgive and forget. To forgive and forget. And um, I'm pretty close, but that's what I'm working towards, the forgetting. Because it should be forget. It should be forgettable. It is forgettable doesn't matter it's it's the story of the world <laughs> it's all the best to you moving forward folks and um you know kind of a introspective podcast this one you know but um 
very much needed sometimes. So I thank you for listening. And hey, write me, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Is this touching close to home for you? And, um, you know, it too can be tricky to really let go, but um, it's very much worth it. And that's what I strive for. Hallelujah.